Trouble with Transformation, a serialised podcast by Alison Whip. Chapter 20, Just Awards. We sifted through the box looking for items that could stash a small notebook. The trophies were our best bet. It wouldn't have taken much for you to unscrew the wooden bottom, roll up the notebook and hide it within a trophy's shiny gold cylinder. The gold and platinum records were a possibility too. With a bit of effort, you could have hollowed out one of the heavy wooden frames behind one of the records and hidden it in there. The other awards were less likely. A couple of Brit Awards, an MTV Award and even a Grammy were casually knocking about the bottom of the box. Wow, Danny murmured as he hesitantly reached out to touch the Grammy. He didn't tell me he won one of these. I didn't know. My teeth bit into my lip, stinging from the pressure. That pretty much says everything about our family history, don't you think? Danny winced and looked away. He picked up one of the trophies. We're going to need something to pry these open. Do you mind us doing it? Why would I? I fired out. None of this stuff is real anyway. It all belongs to a fake life, a ghost. I picked up one of the trophies and weighed it in my hands. A satisfying image of throwing it at the wall and opening it that way flashed into my head. But I resisted the urge. I don't see any tools up here. Kat's got some in the garage. I'll go. I scooted down the stairs, happy to be out of the hot, stuffy attic. My eyes were itchy and oozing with tears. It must have been all the dust. I brushed them aside and went inside the garage, shutting the door behind me. I leaned against it, breathing in, breathing out. Half a minute later, I crossed the floor and picked up a toolbox from the shelf. On my way back, I tripped over something. No, not something. A leg. My breath caught in my throat. Ginger? A head popped out from under Cat's VW. Mr. Bell! My shoulders leapt into the air like a cat flying onto a doorframe. Hastily, and very awkwardly, I managed to tuck the bulky toolbox behind my back, assuming a well-practiced look of wide-eyed innocence. Unfortunately, Mr. B was just as well-versed in that expression, since I mostly practiced on him. Mr. B! I said, in my sweetest voice. What are you doing here? I thought you were taking a few days to explore the coast. Indeed I was, Mr Bell said, polished and polite as ever. But then I considered with Cataway in Sydney, I couldn't very well leave you without any transport. I still have my bike, I muttered, not quite so sweetly. True, Mr Bell agreed. But what if you have an emergency and need to get somewhere in a hurry? No, it wouldn't do. He tapped the rear tyre with his wrench. Besides, it gives me a chance to ensure Cat's car is in tip-top shape. A bit back a smart retort about being home alone plenty of times before and how we weren't a pair of helpless girls who couldn't even take care of a car. Instead, I forced my lips into some semblance of a smile. Okay. Sure. Have fun. I turned to go, blocking his view of the toolbox with my body as I sneaked it one-handed from back to front. No mean feat, given the weight of the thing. Ginger? 
Mr. Bell called out as I reached the top of the steps to the internal door. I wordlessly cast a glance over my shoulder, prepared for the inevitable stream of queries. Be careful with those tools. I'm hoping not to have to drive you to the hospital tonight. I managed a curt nod before taking the last couple of stairs at once, slamming the door behind me. What took you? Danny asked as I popped my head through the attic's tiny trapdoor. Our good friend Mr Bell made another unexpected appearance, I said, nodding in the general direction of the garage. Man, I'm sure he's up to something sketchy. Danny shot a concerned glance at the attic manhole. Do you think we should do this another time then? I mean, what if he comes looking for his tools? The last thing we needed, now we seemed to be onto something, was Mr Bell poking his nose where it didn't belong. The dodgy geezer. If only I was half the terrifying figure Brian had built me up to be. Then I'd be someone to reckon with. I'd make mincemeat of my enemies, the same way we'd taken care of Kim Christensen. And that, dear Dad, is when a wicked thought popped into my head. I didn't have to be a mafioso to prank someone. And they'd only get pranked if they stuck their oar in where they shouldn't have. An equally wicked smile must have found its way onto my face, because all of a sudden, Danny said warily, Gee, what are you up to? What if we booby-trapped the attic door? You know, we could put something at the top of the stairs, so if Mr Bell opens the trap door, wham, he gets it. Danny shook his head and grinned. You can't help yourself, can you? Are you sure you aren't missing Brian just a little bit? This is right up his alley. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that, I said. Now come on, help me with this thing. We found what we needed in the form of an old feather boa of cats, a large pot of craft glue, some masking tape, string, and a couple of toddler-sized plastic buckets, which must have dated back to our family days, back on Devon Beach. Using that random hodgepodge of items, we somehow managed to rig up a half-decent booby trap. If Mr Bell, or anyone else for that matter, pulled down the trapdoor, a bucket of glue and feather mixture would land on their head, buying us a few precious moments to cover our tracks. Heat your heart out, Brian, I said, as we admired our handiwork. I almost hope Mr B does come snooping around. He'd look like such a muppet, all plastered with feathers. We spent the next couple of hours unscrewing every trophy base and peering into countless gold tubes. We prized the backs off gold, platinum and double platinum record awards, checking for false compartments. You'd think for all the money they make with record sales, they'd attach these things with something a little fancier than wood glue, I said, sliding a chisel between yet another gold record and its wooden backing. I don't even think it's real mahogany. Well. That's pretty much the lot of them, Danny said, as he tossed the pieces of the last trophy back in the box. As with all the others, it was empty. There were only the Brit Awards, the MTV, and the Grammy left. The Brit Awards were slim and unlikely, but we could still open up the bottom to be sure. Danny took the MTV Award and the Grammy in each hand and said, You know, I have no qualms about the MTV. But this, he breathed reverently, 
balancing the awards like a human scale. This is a Grammy. My chest grew tight. I wanted to crack open that Grammy. I really did. I told myself it wouldn't matter. You wouldn't care. This life you'd built with Kat and I, it was simply a smokescreen, and the Grammy was part of it. I reached out, and Danny passed me the award. My fingers traced over the detail of the gold gramophone. My lungs hitched up a notch, and I laid the Grammy at my feet. I can't do it. Danny nodded. We left the Grammy untouched, but dismantled the MTV award. It too came up empty. Well, I'm at a loss, I said, as we set about dismantling our contraption of feathers and glue. Mr Bell hadn't made an appearance. I wouldn't have a clue where to look next. <laughs>